Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, and thank you for joining us on this series about echocardiography. I'm really excited to move forward with our roundtable now on echo training during physician fellowship. I'm Val McLaughlin from the University of Michigan, and I'm joined today by Betia Celestin from Stanford and Ahmed Sadak from Temple. Thanks for joining me, you guys. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so as cardiologists, we get pretty formal training in echo, but as you know, probably more than half of the doctors who take care of pulmonary hypertension are pulmonary trained and not really sure how much they get beyond point of care ultrasound. Betty, what are your thoughts on echo training in pulmonary fellowships? Thank you, Val. Um, thank you for having me. Um, I'm, I'm th- I think that we, we have like a lack of a good a training on the right heart because uh, we know a lot about the left heart, but the right heart is almost uh, well known by the all the physician, pulmonologists or cardiologists. So we have to train more on the right heart, on the anatomy of the right heart and on the quality of the acquisition of the right heart imaging. Yeah, absolutely. So Ahmed, I've seen you walk around with your little point of care ultrasound. I I imagine that pulmonary fellows use that all the time, looking for a big pericardial effusion or something like that. How, How do you teach people to assure that there's adequate image quality and that you're trying to get the images that you can use to make conclusions about the right heart, as as Bedia, you know, acknowledged was so important. Right, I, I use it all the time in the office. We have our own kind of point of care ultrasound. A lot of times, you have patients that come to us as new referrals, and we don't have the echo images, and the report doesn't tell us the whole story. But I do focus a lot on. Um, I tend to de-emphasize the focus of the RVSP and the PASP and um, because there's a lot of technical issues that can come with that, as we kind of discussed in the previous episodes, and more on kind of the supporting features, things like interventricular septal flattening and the pulse wave doppler looking for the notching and all of that are pretty easy to acquire even by someone who's not kind of an echo tech and, and who has just kind of, you know, reasonable skills. So So I do try to emphasize kind of those structural features. And uh, I tend to use it a lot to follow my patients as 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 they're on pH medication therapy. So so I found find the point of care ultrasound extremely kind of powerful in that regard. Yeah. So Benny, a point of care ultrasound. You know, you're using it in the unit during a pulmonary fellowship, sick patients, that sort of thing. You know, may, maybe there needs to be more formal training. What do you think about? pulmonary fellows, particularly those who are interested in pulmonary hypertension, perhaps spending some time in the echo lab to learn a little bit more about some of these supporting features of pulmonary hypertension outside of RVSP. Yes, you're totally right. We have to, um, if the fellow are really interested in the pH and how to do the diagnosis of pH, as Ahmed said, with all the features that he already talk about. Uh, we have to have like standard uh, re- reporting, I think, in the 
the diagnosis of pH. So they can focus on the different feature we have to acquire and to we have to 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 know and uh, do the interpretation of the the right heart feature for pH patients. So we need training, uh, and to help for this training, we maybe have to try to have like a data set of uh, all the pH patients so they can train uh, how to acquire the images and how to try to find the feature for a pH diagnosis. Yeah, and, and courses like this one are great, and we've given some patient examples, and I think that's really useful for learners. You know, I think there's no better example than your own patient, and some institutions are set up where this is easier and, and some are not as easy. Ahmed, when, when you were with us, you know, we would walk down to the echo lab every single patient and take a look at the echoes ourselves, and that's that's probably something that a pulmonary fellow who perhaps not spending as much time in the echo lab as you or I, that might be very beneficial as they see their patients in clinic. What what do you think about that? We've had good experiences with that, actually. We've had a few, um, we're a cardiology-based pulmonary hypertension program, but we do have visiting pulmonary fellows join us in clinic. And um, we've we've had a few in particular that are very interested in pulmonary hypertension. And I think there's no substitute. The reports are, are good, especially when you have a, a, a good echo lab that knows the pH signs like, like at Temple and, and Michigan have. But there's no substitute for looking at the images and actually seeing the right heart for yourself and 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 really seeing how things progressed. And I think the pulmonary fellows have found it very valuable in our regard and, and have actually become very comfortable with, with interpreting the echo from a pH standpoint. Um, it's, 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 it's something that's feasible and tangible. It just takes some practice, um, even if you're not in a cardiology program. So I think this has been a great discussion. It would be wonderful if more pulmonary fellowships had opportunities for to, to learn more about echo and, and we can make them between point of care, doing a rotation in the echo lab, looking at the echoes of your own patients and really focusing on much more than just the RBSP and all the supporting features. So Betia, Ahmed, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you a lot. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.